Hello and welcome. I'm Shannon Shotler, your host, and this is The Messy Mucky Middle, a podcast dedicated to talking with real people about the most real parts of their life and career transition stories. Today, our guest is Nicole. Nicole is a 41-year-old personal stylist and branding expert. She works with women entrepreneurs and leaders across industries to help them create a signature visual brand that empowers them to show up more fully in all areas of their lives. And I can testify to this. I am one of her former clients. She recently moved from Boston to Brooklyn, took her business entirely online, and had her first child all within the last 12 months. Wowza. That is one transition trifecta happening all at once. Home, work, family. And today we get to hear her candid, real reflections about all of it. From the very first moment she realized her business needed to change, to the choices she's making lately, honoring the life she has now, and the person she's become over the last 12 years. Nicole's still not quite sure what the other side of this transition will bring, but she is clear that the life she builds from here on out will be one that is on her terms. This is Nicole's messy middle story. Nicole, thank you so much for agreeing to be on. You guys, I pestered her and she said yes. (laughs) It is an absolute honor. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to chat about this because I haven't had a chance to. Yeah, yeah. So, Nicole, I'm starting all of these interviews with the fact that transitions often begin at an ending, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm curious for you to just share with us what was ending in your life when your transition story begins. So, personally, what was ending is my husband and I have been together for like a million years and it was just us. And we had tried to have a family for six years, so it took six years to get my daughter and while we were like trying to have a family, it it it, it was sort of like it, it really only hit me maybe like a couple months ago that like there's three of us now. There will never just be him and I again. So I think there is the ending of our relationship the way that we knew it and the way that we were a family, mm-hmm. which I didn't even think about. It didn't even occur to me, and I never heard anybody talk about that sort of weird feeling. Oh, I'm getting chills though, as you're saying it, because I think that's so relatable. I know that's something that I could personally relate to. And I think others will relate to, too. It is an ending. Well, what's funny about it is you would think somebody that tried for six years to have a family would not be surprised by this ending, but it was just sort of this, the other day I was like, we did it properly. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm sad about the loss, but I'm happy about my life. And it's this weird coexistence. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was a big one. And then the decision to move. So decision to move, my husband and I have lived in Boston or I was from Boston. My husband moved to Boston like within six months of us dating. And I would have said that I wanted to leave, but the opportunities just like weren't showing up for us. And so I was like, oh, this is where we're going to be. There was no reason to leave. Like it was like we could go anywhere and that was like too big. Right. And we were like, oh, we're going to have a family now. Actually, it looks like it's going to work. Let's leave our whole family. Like my whole family, his family is in DC. So either way, but it was just kind of like, that's not the way that I planned this. And the day that I found out that we had a viable embryo from my doctor was the day that my, my husband got the offer. Oh my gosh. I was just going to ask, like, walk us through the logistics of that, but holy, holy shit. He had been they interviewing for his job, but what he didn't know was that if he accepted it, part of the acceptance package was that he had to move to New York. We didn't know that because I had an office in Boston, the company that he works for. So we were like, okay, great. And so I knew it was like the right job for him. There was no question. It was definitely... In some ways, like the job of his dreams, he didn't even know existed. Mm -hmm. And part of me just had this feeling, which I felt like I couldn't really say to people, was like, yes, this makes perfect sense that it's like all happening together. Mm. Because it was like we had struggled, we had our identities had become like struggling to become a family. And I think, and I think like I was, I wanted to like step out of the energy out of it and almost of it. And I felt like, okay, clean, fresh start. And it was the pandemic, right? When this all was like hype pandemic of the hype pandemic. And I'm a stylist who was seeing people in person. So I lost almost my entire business. I mean, I did lose my entire business. Yeah. And I was like, well, we're going to start over completely. Like whether I want to or not. And I was actually excited about it. But 
I also just had to move at the rate of what was happening. And now that I'm a year in, my daughter's alive. She's happy. She's here. She's a real person, which shocks me every day. I'm like, <laughs> I think I like woke up one day and was like, oh, well, we have some things to reckon with. Yeah. So the loss of like your, your family structure as it was being just you and your husband was ending, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, your business as you knew it was ending being with, yeah. with the pandemic and being it relying on it being so f- heavily in person. That was a big shift. And then you're freaking moving cities on top of all of it. Well, moving through all of those other things at the same time. Like that just kind of boggles my mind a little bit. So I'm curious, <laughs> what emotions did you experience in that time frame? Of like, like viable, em- yeah, viable embryo. We're moving to Brooklyn. You talked about it a little bit, but I'm curious to just dig in a little bit. Yeah. More. So I was very excited and I, I sort of, it sort of felt funny. Like I thought I was like kind of laughing, like, oh yeah. Like, cause we had gotten pregnant multiple times. I had multiple miscarriages. I was not, I got, every doctor I had was like, oh, like, this is so weird. That's so hard for you to get pregnant. Like you seem like the perfect person you're like for your age this doesn't I mean I was older but like I wasn't that old when I started the process right and so like what ended up happening is that as it went on you know as you age like your chances of getting pregnant is less and so I kept thinking well we'll adopt and I actually started filling on adoption paperwork mm-hmm. and this doctor called me and said like well can you just can I have one last chance and I was like what doctor called you and asked you like okay I really didn't have it emotionally in me anymore to keep doing it. And I just wanted to be a family and I really was not attached to it being my biological child. I just knew that like we wanted to be parents. And so I had this feeling that's important because I had this feeling of like, I think I would have been scared, but I had a moment of being like everything of actually being able to see that like everything worked out, even despite all the pain, exactly how it was supposed to, because in retrospect, I think that being in Boston wouldn't have been the right, would have been a more stressful choice for us for lots of other reasons. Like mm. we were conforming to identities that were so old. And I think it would have been hard to get out of that conditioning. And here I feel like we are reinventing a lot. So I did know to be excited. I was probably most anxious about my career, but everything else I was like, it'll figure itself out. This is meant to be. Yeah. It sounds like there was almost like a sense of knowing I got chills as you were talking about it. Just like, Oh, like, of course, like this is just how it's meant to go down. This is how it's meant to be. I wish I could have like seen that through all the struggle. Six years, a long time to go through that. And and that's just kind of, I was like, wow, like that's a really, I mean, I don't love the plan. Like I don't love how long that plan took, but how interesting the way this is coming together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's maybe a tangent but I just want to call it to listeners. Like the latest data on transitions show us that it takes five years, five years. So sometimes it can, yeah, I say that not to be overwhelming or discouraging for folks, but more just to be realistic of like, if you're making some big shifts or if you're you're moving through a lot, it could take time for all of this to shift and change. So I'm curious at that point, did you feel like a quote unquote transition was starting or not really? Not really, because I don't think, and I I hate saying this, it's such a cliche, but people are like, oh, just wait till you're a parent, blah, blah, blah. And like a lot of the stuff they said, I feel like doesn't really even land for me now. Yeah. Uh, But there are just, there's just a way that you move through your life that's different. And so no, because she wasn't here yet. And so I think that part of my identity, like, and that change really hasn't fully, didn't even like really fully feel like real or land until like, the last couple months because she just turned a year last week. So that piece, no. Yeah. I wasn't. But what I about think, on your business? Yeah. I think for my business, it was like, well, if I'm already going to be on, I'm going to go online. That would give me more freedom as a mom. Like it kind of made sense. I think I've been, what led me to think like I was going to quit at all just a few weeks ago was that I was trying to fit the old model in a new model and like hadn't even stopped to think about was that working or that I had been doing this for 11 mm. years and perhaps this was an opportunity to check in and see if I still liked the way I was doing it as opposed to feeling like, well, this is what's happening in the world. So I'm responding to it, which I think is a really good example for how I've lived a lot of my career being like, well, this is how it's done. I want to be successful let me follow this model, which personal styling is not like a very like uh, 
common career. So uh-huh. even in that is interesting that I thought that, but yeah, no, I don't, I think that it really hasn't been in terms of like the parenthood part till recently. And then with my career, I think I was just like sleepwalking through it. Like, I think I was like, we gotta move. We gotta find a place to live. Yeah. And the other uh, feeling emotion that I'm curious to dig into is confidence. This is something yeah. that I hear a lot of folks are like longing for, or even expecting of themselves as they're moving through transition. Like, well, I should be confident that this is the right next move for me. And so I'm, I'm wanting to ask people, like, did you feel confident as you started this journey of like, I felt confident about the move and I somehow felt confident about the pregnancy, even though it was actually quite complicated and I did have a lot of like health things. Um, I continued, the doctors were nervous and I was like, it's going to be fine. It's going to even until I went into labor. Like um, I had to go immediately into what they thought was going to be surgery on my heart after giving birth through an emergency C-section. And I was like, I mean, I got this far. I'm going to live through it. Oh my Which gosh. is not, I'm not usually a, a cup, a cup, you know, mostly full kind of person. So I think it shocked everybody. So I think about that and about the move to Brooklyn, I just knew there was something bigger going on. Mm-hmm. My career, no, I didn't. I wasn't, I wouldn't say I wasn't confident. I would say that I was, that was not where my focus was. And I just kept going until I was burned out and I, couldn't blame the baby situation. Like I kind of couldn't blame these other life situations. And then I realized like, oh, it's how I've been operating in the business. So I think, yeah, I don't know. I I guess I can't even say there was or wasn't confidence. I think there was just a like sleepwalking. Yeah. Well, it kind of goes back to what we talked about earlier. It sounds like you had like a sense of knowing experience about the move and Harlow and you didn't about the career part of it, like, and how human, you know, to have mixed emotions as you move through different changes. So when you didn't necessarily feel confident, so to speak with the, with the business, what helped you move forward in spite of that? When I didn't feel confident, well, I think partially I have a uh, personality trait that I'm becoming more aware of, which is that uh, I I have always believed that things will be hard for me. Like I can't, I grew up with a lot of learning disabilities that I be, that I in part think is why I created this why I decided to do this career because I had a lot of trouble in corporate environments masking. But I wanted to mask. I didn't want people to know that I struggled with these things. And this is even even this stuff just came up since I had my daughter because a lot of this stuff got worse, and that was kind of what brought up a lot of the shift in my professional life. And so what had happened was I just had this way of being, which was like, keep going. It's going to be hard, but you get up and you keep going. Like that's an identity marker, mm-hmm. except for that. It wasn't necessarily making me happy, right? It's one thing to keep going like with my daughter and then I got this outcome and then it's great. But then once I got my daughter, I realized like, wait, this is the end of that struggle. Where does the struggle end in my career? Where yeah. does it end? And then I became less available for that because I was like, wait, maybe, I, maybe hard is one thing, but like never ending hard is something else. It's like a bad choice. Yeah. So letting go of the belief or the identity of like, it has to be hard. Yes. Yeah. That I always have to be figuring out what I need to fix, what I need to change, how and, and what markers I was defining my success by, which was to be totally transparent money. And, oh. and yes, money is important. Breach, breach, breach. <laughs> and I feel like that's such a, um, maybe a marker of maybe not all of the folks that I work with, but a lot of the folks that I work with, it's just like the F that. I cannot keep defining success by the like standard terms that I've been given because it's not leaving me feeling really great about who or what I am. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also like, if that's how you keep, if that's like, the goalpost. And even when you get to the goalpost, because I had moments before the pandemic where I got to where like, I thought I would want to be. Yep. I was like getting all these huge corporate contracts and like, I didn't ask for them. They just kept coming to me. Mm-hmm. Those were stressful in a different way. And I learned, I don't like that. But the paycheck was like, outrageous, <laughs> and I wasn't happy. And so I was like, whoa. I mean, that was just very eye-opening to me. And I thought like, well, maybe I wasn't happy because it was new and I was anxious about it. And then I got another one and I was like, no, still don't want that. So I just recently was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like if that's how we're defining it and that is still not making us happy, then like maybe there's a problem with the definition. Like, yeah. 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 Okay. So 
let's maybe pivot a little bit, but maybe it'll tie back to what you're just sharing. Rest and reflection are two big themes that I hear and see a lot in transition. There are two things that are just like, I think critical. I talk about them until I'm blue in the face. Were you able to take any time to restore during all of this chaos? Chaos may be stronger, but during all this change for you. Yeah. So I would say I didn't even, I would say I took a maternity leave and then worked through it. Mm. I did that to myself as I, I, when I said my sister, they're just closed. Like no one's going to die. And yet couldn't take my own advice. And I think that was a way of, I felt so overwhelmed by being a new mom in a place. I knew nobody, like I knew the superintendent of our building. That's it. And I think it was a way of being like, well, I know this, I know I'm good at this. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can, it was just sort of like a, uh, in a way of, and my husband had, was very fortunate. He had a lot of time off for paternity leave. And so I could do that because he was around. Um, I also think that some of the aspects of being a new mom, uh, I struggled with, like I, I couldn't breastfeed. I, I didn't, I didn't actually want to, and I struggled. And then I was like, well, okay, I got what I wanted. Like I didn't I really, you know, I thought I should. And then I went through with it. It wasn't working. And I was like, well, okay, that's fine. At least I could say I tried. Um, I wasn't seeing a lot of examples at mom's groups of like women that were in their forties, even though I'm in Brooklyn and they are, I think those moms are at work. I don't, I think like they were yeah. like women that wanted to be stay at home moms. I was seeing because again, that's who was home to right. go to these things. And I didn't really fit into either. Like I'm, I'm home, my daughter's here, but um, I'm working. And I just felt like there was all these ways that I was like, Oh, I'm going to have to figure this identity out for a while. And I felt lonely. And so I was like, well, let me just go to my career. Um, and so I, d- I didn't take rest. I didn't. Yeah. yeah. But then I feel like just recently you shared on social that you're taking a sabbatical. So again, I, so, so here, so here's where the rest piece I think kind of comes in. And it was more like allowing myself the opportunity to take it mm-hmm. radically changed. Just the allowance changed everything. Mm-hmm. And so technically I am still on a sabbatical, meaning I'm not working one-to-one with clients. So I'm signing them now for, for September. But what happened was, so in the midst of all of this, one of my clients, her name is Rachel Cook, is a really, really talented business strategist. And I've been working with Rachel for a long time. And I think she could tell something was sort of like going on internally. And some of my best clients were like, you okay? Like you don't, like you're fine. Like you're showing up, but you don't seem like lit up. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. And you know, it was easy to tell people it was because I was a new mom, but I didn't think that was actually what it was. I started to think that like, maybe this wasn't the right career for me anymore. And like, maybe I should just go get a normal job. And maybe the struggle was because I wasn't meant to be an entrepreneur. And maybe that's why I could never find happy, you know, my happiness when I got the money and all that. Yeah. And so she said, well, why don't we work together for, you know, six months? So we started to work together. She wrote me this like amazing plan that helped me understand my business. Right. And I looked at her and I said, no, I don't want this. Like, I don't, it was like, I saw wow. on paper how I could get what I wanted or time freedom or opportunity to do more creativity and ultimately to teach, to not necessarily be doing one to one stuff. And when I saw it, I said, yeah, I don't think so. Uh, I don't know why something is telling me like, no, like it was just like very loud internal. No, even though the answer was on paper that I had wanted. And I was like, uh Oh, like, it was just like, it was both like, a, absolutely. This is right. And Oh, shit, like we are in trouble. Like, yeah. And then she's like, so I said that to her and she said, why don't you take, which is, and I want to say that this is one of the ways you, I feel like now I understand success. You know, you've been successful. If you've surrounded yourself with the type of people that say this to you, you need to take a rest. You need to take three months off and take a sabbatical and you need to listen to what comes out of that. I don't want you working. I want you going to museums. I want you to be creative. I want you to fill your cup back up. And I remember boxering on the first day and going, I don't know what to do with myself. Like, <laughs> yep. I really don't. Rachel, tell me what to do. She was like, okay, you could go to a concert. You could go like, like, you know what I mean? Like you yeah. could go to a museum. I'm like, I'm in New York. I can go to a museum. And that's what I did. I just like went to museums um, and I, and I looked for real jobs yeah. and I had conversations with my husband and I told my friend that I was quitting and I publicly said, I'm going on a sabbatical. Yeah. And three weeks later, it came to me that, that this was not the end, but I was with all the confidence in my body telling people it's just run its course. It's over. I said, it was like 
I've heard people say this of marriages that like they're about to leave. They're a good person. I just don't feel anything anymore. Yes. I built a good career. I just don't feel anything for it anymore. Yeah. And now that I reflected on why that might be the case and I looked for jobs, I realized I was looking for jobs that were exactly what I could be doing, but without the part of my career that I actually do value, which isn't necessarily the money. It's that I've attracted of the things I'm most proud of. It's the people that I've attracted to my work. They are amazing. Yeah. And if I did the work for somebody else, I would like for bigger company or whatever, like I was wanting to, you know, do more creative stuff, do more photo shoots, do things like that, which I've done in my career, but I wanted to do the creative aspect for entrepreneurs. I wanted to change the way branding photo shoots were done. And that, that's, that's a big pivot for me. Um, and Rachel's sort of strategy for me, which was mostly to move me to a teaching model of styling, except for photo shoots would require something that I realized I did not feel comfortable with, which was showing up more and being more visible myself. Yeah. Yeah. So let's take a pause here a little bit. And then I want to talk more about what you just shared about the visibility thing. Cause I'm curious to hear like where that story ends. So I'm hearing a little bit, like you really, <laughs> if I could be blunt, it sounds like you really avoided the rest for a long time. Like it was like, knew, yeah. which I think is so common by the way, like it's like hallmark of many of the folks that I work with to just like, no, 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 no. You keep saying I need to do that thing, but I'm not going to do that thing. Frankly, it's what I did in my own transition. I just like worked around it for a good 18 months until Rachel like smacks you over the head one day with this glorious plan. And you, you just feel inside like, Oh my God, no. Like it almost feels like a come to Jesus moment of clarity for you. Like, okay, no, I need to go take a pause. I need to hear her and honor that a little bit. And so then I'm hearing you did some, well, I don't know. What, what would you say reflection looked like for you? Either right after that moment or leading up to that moment? So I will say I'm, I'm still supposed to be in it. And I'm very uncomfortable with it. So like, I'm still not resting well because part of me is like excited part, but it comes from a place of being excited about what's next. And I have a deep fear of being lazy. So one of the yeah. promises I made to myself is that I would be in my new schedule upcoming. I would give myself more rest. Cause what I saw was I could have probably been much more creative. This probably could have come to me sooner, but I didn't have space. So I got more childcare and I did things like that. Versus one big, long rest. Like it didn't feel natural. It didn't feel like what I needed. So I gave myself permission to change the rest, you know? Um, But what it looked like for the first like month and a half was taking a lot of walks, going to a lot of museums, reading books for no good reason that were like about art or about other things. Um, Realizing that like there was these like titles in the world that were like in corporate spaces that I was looking at and being like, how do, I don't want to do that in that space, but like, if I was to go to school for that, like, what would I like just researching for the fun of it? Like what do creative directors do? What do producers do? Um, what do people do? Like, what is that? And, and just researching, which is kind of my, that's kind of like how I relax. Um, spending more time with my daughter, uh, making, you know, lists of things I was curious about that I hadn't like discovered in Brooklyn. Yes. Is this just that? And then I was like, it was just coming to me like in the shower or like it started coming very quickly. And then I was like, Oh, okay. Well, I might be ready to go back now. And everyone's <laughs> like, what are you doing? You know? So to be totally candid, like I've, I screwed that up, <laughs> but it's not a screw up. It's like, that's part of why I want to have these conversations with folks to show like, okay, maybe this, the, the elements of a transition might be similar, but they could come in a different order, a different package than what you might expect. So yours just came in a different package. Like you didn't do the rest at first. Like the rest is coming now. And it a little just bit didn't occur to me that I needed rest. Because when people were saying things to me about rest, they were saying it like, oh, you're a new mom. And I wanted to be like, do I tell everybody that I got a good sleeper? Like I can't <laughs> enough. Like, first of all, that seems like a crime against motherhood. Second of all, like I have a pretty easy baby and I have a husband that does a fair amount of it. As you should, of the, you know. And I, I, I am home with her two days a week and I, and that, I did need more childcare to like fully, you know, I think do my career the way that I wanted. I do think that was part of the burnout. I didn't want to admit it. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize how much other stuff come with motherhood than just like actually keeping them alive in the moment. There's a lot of like thinking all the time and mental load that I was not familiar with. And I was just like taking on and not 
factoring into why that might have been making other things in my life hard. Um, But yeah, rest was just, it wasn't until Rachel said that. I was like, is that an acceptable thing to do? Like, is this what we're doing? We're doing this. Okay. Like had no idea. Yeah. The other part that you shared about how you're approaching rest that I want to hear more about is you said, you know, you're, it sounds like going forward, you're more interested in just building in more rest naturally to your every day. What is that? What do you imagine that's going to look like for you? Well, the first thing that matters is I need more childcare. Like I had to admit that I couldn't run a full-time business. Like I can't, I had a daughter and then had a full-time business before her. So I'm not like building the business. I mean, I could, but I, but I want to work. Um, yeah. And so I had to admit that. Yeah. That was like a big thing. So we got more childcare. That is the thing. I'll still be home with her one day a week until she, um, until she's about two. And then um, a lot of conversations with my partner about like, making explicit the implicit things I was doing. So just like space in that sense, really being better about blocking off time every month to go by myself to do some of the things I was doing in this rest. Like that really feels very difficult and uncomfortable to me. Yeah, And I can see that even just doing that like once a month allows me to work better, allows me to work, you know, just because I'm in a creative field too, like just, to stay connected to that. I never left room for, it felt like that's, I felt like doing things that were creative, even though I'm in a creative field, uh, meant I was being irresponsible as a business owner. Mm. So freaking relatable. And what you're describing now reminds me, have you ever read um, Julia Cameron's The Artist's Way? Yes, actually I have. So it kind of sounds a little bit like taking yourself on artist dates, like the yeah. times where like you just get to go once a month or whatever cadence feels right for you and explore the museums, like read a book, like just immerse yourself in your own creative inner world a little bit so that you've got more fuel to to take to the outer world. Yeah. And that's oh. definitely part of it. And the other part of it was designing that um, my workshop my online workshop would be the basis of my business, which is a huge change. My one-to-one work was the basis of my, of my work. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you, you rest in your own unique way. You reflect (laughs) in your own unique way. It sounds like with Rachel is a big support for you. And I'm curious uh, next to talk a little bit about experiments. So experiments are another thing that I talk about a lot. They're, they're, I think very vital to help people get a handle on what they what they want for them, their next possible self, if you will. What role did experimentation or is experimentation playing in your process now? So it's really playing more into my career and like what I think the future of it will be. Uh Um, I think, I think what I, what I've learned after 12 years as an entrepreneur is that it's easy to be like, let's build the website and let's do the thing and whatever. And what I'm telling myself now is yes, this is all going to change. And even I can see myself stepping more into probably the identity that like I wanted, but was again, required visibility mm-hmm. and I don't have to do it all at once. So what are steps that don't even need to be like formalized or like someone doesn't have to pay me, but like, could I produce a smaller photo shoot for somebody here? Do I have to, like, is there some, could I do it for myself? So looked one to be like, well, how would I do this if I was doing it for somebody else the way that I want to? Like, yes. And it, it's okay if those pictures, I don't like them. It's okay if it's not what I think I want to be. Like, that's fine. Like, let's talk about, let's think about what creative direction could look like in this realm. Um, so yeah, I'm doing things like that. And I think part of the experimentation or the allowance of it is because I have to remind myself it doesn't, we don't have to sell it yet. We don't have to yes. make it. Thing. It doesn't have to be formal you're allowed to do that because you're allowed to fail to become successful. Like you have to fail. And I did not want to hear that 12 years ago. Yeah. Well, and then, so let's even back up a little bit. So some of the possible selves that it sounds like you were considering in the Mm -hmm. career transition, especially was I go get a corporate job was um, doing more creative direction. Is that the word that you would put on it? Yeah. Doing more of like, I've always styled people for photo shoots, but when Mm -hmm. I worked with bear companies, I was doing the whole of it. And I never brought that to my work here. Um, you know, I was doing a lot more of, yeah, like creative direction for the whole, you know, who, who's your, who's your customer? What is the, you know, background need to look like? And what is all this? I, I've kept myself pretty limited, even though I'm capable of a lot because I niched myself yeah. and I got stuck in my own niche. Um, 
And I had a view that in order to be a successful stylist, I had to be working one-on-one with clients in their everyday wardrobe. Yep. Instead of being a teacher, which is truly what I think my biggest strength is. And I had to admit that to myself because it felt a little bit fraudy to say that. It felt like I was saying, and I'm not a good stylist. Yeah. But I didn't have like room to be creative over here in the way that I wanted to with one-to-one work. But the education piece allows that, I think. Yeah. Isn't it fascinating how we limit ourselves? Like I can relate to that. I'm just like things that I was like, well, I can't do that if I'm doing that because then people won't know what I am. Oh my God. Yeah, they're fine, They can figure it out. (laughs) They can figure it out. So what are the possible selves that are left that you're experimenting with now in your career? So I think I have... I think it's more like a way of being than it is like a, like I'm seeing that this is one thing's emerging that I have been squelching for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I think partially I squelched it because I was so tired and on so many drugs for so many years that I'm like, Oh, this is why I'm now like, this is, I can work with this. I did not know. My identity was work as hard as you can. So you can make money so that you can have a family and then we'll do with it then. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think that what I'm looking at is when I was much younger, I was very creative. Like I did art classes and I, I was all of those things. And then as soon as I became a business owner, I was like, we need to be a serious big girl. And I also worked in the corporate world. I worked in PR. I was the only woman at the time. It was very Mad Men-esque. And I, I began to develop a persona of seriousness. Mm. And I think a lot of the like masking that I've discovered about myself has been a part of that, of like not wanting people to see the things I might struggle with. Um, and so it's more about allowing myself to be creative. It's about allowing myself to show up. And it's also about me accepting the fact that visibility is never going to be easy for me probably or natural. Yeah. And it's still okay to do it. Like oh. that. Yeah. Like I get to be open that it's uncomfortable while I'm being visible so that I still continue to be visible. Like it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to look right. I can admit that it's uncomfortable and help other people with their visibility. I think that has been a struggle. Yeah. So instead of being like possible selves of like carpeteer again or whatever, it's more the ways of being. So it's allowing yourself to experiment with being more creative with being um, visible, even if it's deeply uncomfortable for you and experimenting with, Oh, I don't know if this is the word that you'd put on it. I'm curious, but it sounds like there's almost like an element of like, is it playfulness? Is it something about you that like, like letting go of the seriousness? I think it's countering perfectionism, which is something that I am. So I talk a lot about in my work because it, because I, I like have lived that and I lived it in very sneaky ways. I've realized in the last six months that like there's ways of being perfectionistic that have been so sneaky that while I think I'm addressing it, I'm not. And the only antidote to it is exactly what you're saying. Like being more playful, being more curious, being more, cause it's hard to be in both. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love those. I love those ways of being so much. Okay. So you've, you've done some resting, you've done some reflecting, you've done some experimenting. And it sounds like from what you're sharing, you're starting to narrow in maybe on what wants to happen next. I think so. Uh, I think so. I think, I think I have an idea. I do think it's going to take a while. I think it's going to take a little Mm -hmm. bit, a while in the sense that I I think the other thing I was really craving and made me think about the corporate was like uh, partnering more with other people. Mm. Like, other creative people that like, so say if you're doing like a rebrand, having really more of like a team kind of feeling with other people, I don't necessarily need to build out a whole agency, but like, what would that look like? I think I miss, I have, you know, obviously partnership with my clients in one way, but I miss that sort of being able to talk to somebody else or whatever, like that piece. I'm not sure the corporate would have given me that. And I think that's what, when I looked at why that would be the case, number one, I didn't have to be visible in corporate, but number two, it gave me that camaraderie that I wanted and so like how else could I get that was a part of it yeah so I think that's a little bit in the air um but it's a desire Mm -hmm. um and just in terms of like I don't know I feel like are you ever clear on who you are as a parent like that's very up in the air no yeah I I mean I don't think so I'm (laughs) five issues in and I don't think so it's it's a constant messy middle (laughs) there's that because your kid is growing and changing and you're having to adapt at every single place 
Well, so I'm, I'm less interested in like what you're sensing the right next thing is and more interested in thinking about or talking about like what helped you get some clarity on what the right next moves were for you. It ha- it ha- this is an external thing, but I, I think that it helps to have a partner mm. that said, take the space that you need. Because, because I think it's important to be clear that part of the reason why I, I think a lot of my seriousness developed was like, you just do have to survive. Like you do have to make money and survive. Yeah. Um, and it was very stressful financially for a long time. And so I think having some, having the privilege of some breathing space there. Mm allowed me to take off the idea that everything had to be sellable or every decision had to be the right one because like I didn't have the bandwidth or the, the, and I don't think that it always is about money at all, but I think that like having someone say like, it's okay for you, like having the permission to sort of step back in that area um, and take the break and not, and know it wasn't being held against me in any way. Yeah. Because I do have a fear of like not being responsible or like not seeming like I'm pulling my weight was really the thing in some ways that led me. And then once I was in that space, it was really about being like, what would you do if like nobody was going to judge you? Or like, what would you do? You know, kind of asking those questions without saying like, okay, then I have to do this and have this up and running by Christmas or whatever. It was just like no timelines. Yeah. Getting to move a little bit slower with the process of creation or figuring out what wanted to happen next. Okay, let's shift gears and talk about, I, I don't know, I'm just like calling this conversation bucket like the human side of transition. Yeah. But maybe some of these we touched on already. Well, first I'll rant a little bit. So sometimes I think in transitions, transitions get a bad rap because we see them as a time where, oh, like we can't really learn or grow anything because we're in between two things. And I personally just think that's total shit. I think transitions are a time where we are learning like a whole new set of skills that some of us maybe have never gotten to use or flex before in terms of like, how do I restore myself? How do I experiment? How do I rest? Like, we just don't, how do I reflect? So I'm curious though, from your perspective, what new skills or ways of being do you feel like you've learned through the messy middle? Well, I would argue that potentially I didn't let myself fully rest. So this is coming to light in this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying, Shan, Um, if you have a book on how to rest, I would love to read it. Um, that's one of my takeaways of this episode is like, holy shit, we need to talk more about rest because I think what you're sharing, I can relate to that. of just the resistance to it, you know? I also just like really want someone to tell me what to do. Like, I don't feel comfortable just like laying in my bed. I'm not a napper. And I literally don't know is what I'm really discovering from this conversation. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Sorry, what was the question? Because I just no, like, it's really what new skills or ways of being are you learning through the messy middle, like through being in an in-between time in your life? Uh, so I think uh, similar to what kind of like attached to what you said about the, about like being playful is I'm not really great at, besides maybe my husband, like sharing things in the moment broadly. Mm. And I do think I'm getting better with the people that are close to me, like business friends or even saying on social media, like I'm on sabbatical and I'm not going to talk about it yet, but I will soon. Um, with at least informing, I am a manifester, so that could be what it is in human design, but I'm getting a little better with like informing and feeling like it's okay to look like I don't necessarily know. I think that was a huge fear. Yes. Oh, I love that. Like so being getting to like, be I'm trying to acting like a human being. <laughs> okay. That's what this is. I love that though. I love that of like getting to take off some of the masks. Oh God, I can relate to that. I can relate to that so much. I'm just like, oh, I just get to like be me and be in this messiness and not have to have the, the perfect outcome to share with you all yet. Yeah. And which is, yeah. you know, a lot of giving way to the perfect. Like, I feel like it's hard to talk yourself out of perfectionism, but it's easier, like you said, to like be playful or be like to focus on something else, which gets you out of it. And I think for me, that's been like a huge, a huge part of like, just, just, just even suggesting that to myself, uh, is a way of like playing or a way of being or a way of trying to develop a new, it is a new skill. Like it is because all my programming is against it. Yeah. Yeah. What about, uh, on the parenting front, becoming a parent, how are you growing or changing as a human through that? middle experience one of the things i think is interesting about parenthood that i didn't expect was like how incredibly overstimulating it is yes (laughs) and i like love her but 
wow, I just yes. didn't, I, I didn't know. I didn't know. And so I'm, I'm, I'm experimenting with, I also have a very, um, my daughter is very, even my pediatrician said like very physical, very, like very active and very wants to be moved. And I think that's normal of a toddler, but it's even to the point where people at the park are like, whoa, like, <laughs> whoa. Um, and she's just one. Um, and that is not my personality at all. And yeah. so admitting that it's okay for us to, the part of our relationship and part of being a good parent is going to be me figuring out how to meet us in the middle. Yeah. Versus being like, why am I not more active? Or like, this is because I'm 41. Like, no, nah, the truth is I was like this at 26. Like, I, this is me. I am not that. That stimulation is very hard for me, which is why I like working alone and stuff like that. And so it, it's sort of like thinking about how am I building a relationship with my child that works for both of us versus being like this whole, she's my whole world. And she is, and I have to function well within it. And I think that felt really selfish and bad at first. Oh, I so appreciate you sharing that though. Cause I can, I, honestly, I appreciate hearing that from a biological parent. Um, if listeners don't know, I'm an adoptive mother and honestly, Nicole, just last night I was thinking like Talia was just like bouncing off the walls and like, and I was like, holy shit, this is too much for my nervous system right now. So it's almost comforting for me to hear that the same experience can happen for someone who it's like half your genes are in her potentially. And so you're still feeling that way. Um, so I think that's normal if we can just humanize that a little bit of the transition into parenthood, like you might be overstimulated. This might be a whole new level. And I love what you shared of figuring out, like, how can you make that relationship work for both of you? Even if you do have very different personalities. Another thing I'm curious to get your perspective on that comes up a lot in transition. Did, did any of your friendships or relationships or circles really shift as you're moving through these transitions? No, except for internally, I think they did. So I think oh, what happened more. was I began to see that a lot of the like quote unquote online relationships, though most of these people I've, I haven't met you in real life, but yeah. the relationships that I have are actually real. I think a lot of times I, I, that was another thing that I didn't want to give up. That was another thing that when I was taking inventory of like what the things are that I liked and cared about, I was really impressed with how deep these relationships had actually become even through distance, which I think is even more normalized now because we lived through a pandemic, but I don't think I gave that the credit. And I think in some ways it shifted. It allowed me to feel more intimacy with those people and to share like, Hey, um, last month I told you I was leaving my business. And actually I think I'm just reinventing it and like having them be there for that and stuff like that. Like that's, that felt to me more than just like, Hey, I have a client referral for, you know, like I felt like I let more intimacy into those relationships. Um, so I don't, I don't know that anything changed. I will say that from a relationship perspective with my husband, I have finally realized that I need to, I need to ask for more. Mm. Um, and he has been like, yeah, you do. Um, and realize that not doing that isn't about like, it puts more of a burden to not ask than it because then there's resentment or whatever, like sort of figuring out that piece. I think our relationship has changed a little in that sense. Um, but I think it will probably change more as, as I change more and, and step into who I think I want to be and give yeah. myself permission to be. Yeah. That's beautiful. Just for context, how long have you guys been together? Oh my God. I'm a, a million years, like uh, 17 years, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So just, just wanting to know that for listeners, like you could be 17 years deep into a relationship and it's going to shift and grow and evolve cool. and change. If, if you had a baby and they're so late, it definitely will. <laughs> I mean, I think it will no matter what, but whoa. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so uh, last series of questions, if you will. Would you say that you're still in a messy middle of sorts? I think career-wise, I feel like, like I said about parenting, like when are you not? I do think I accept that I'm, a, I think that for me though, uh, I have finally, like the trauma of IVF and like that experience has given way to me being like, no, I'm really a parent. Like there was just so many days a feeling like, is this real? Like I knew it was real, but like, I don't know. Like I felt like I was almost watching my life like out of body because I couldn't believe that it had worked. Like I couldn't believe that I did it because I really didn't think at some point it would. And I accepted, I think I fully accepted that mm. and thought like, okay, we'll be a family a different way. And was like ready psychologically for that. And so now that I'm in it and she's a year old and we live here and like 
I live in a place I never thought I would live, I think I'm less out of body. So I think that that is definitely, um, that's definitely something that I've, I've noticed in terms of it, but I think in terms of my, so I think I'm out of that. Yeah. Don't the career thing feels very like fresh and exciting. And I really don't have any idea how it's going to, I'm going to do it. Yeah. So (laughs) So, let's, let's dig in there a little bit. So if you still feel like you're in a messy metal, messy middle in the career, what's left for you to, to clarify or discern? What questions are you still seeking answers to? I think one of the things I'm really looking at is like, do I really not want to work one-to-one with clients anymore? Or do I need a new way of filtering clients? Or like, is the problem, what, what is the, what is the, what is the hesitation? What is the, the desire to step back really about? And I, I don't know. I'm still like yeah. unsure. Yeah. Um, there's still a lot of resistance around, you know, the visibility piece. And I see a lot of like, well, I don't know what to do next coming up, which is always a sign of resistance. Mm. So I, I do feel like, again, I think that's like, you're going to have to do it to work through it, but there's still a lot there. Um, yeah. I also don't know if I, do I, I think like from a, from a logistical business perspective, I think that there's something about how do you want to be known in the next space? Like what would be the marker of the, if I had to say this was a mic, the marker of my career for these 12 years and the marker of my career for the next 12 years, I think I'm not fully sure if I want to just like add a piece or I want it to be the whole piece is what I'm playing with. Yeah. 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 Makes, I, I'm hearing what you're saying. So I'm hearing that the questions you're still um, grappling with in career are like, what's the one-to-one thing about? Do I still want to work with clients one-on-one? If so, in what capacity? Like, would, would that really feel good and light me up in? Or is it something that wants to be done? Um, I'm hearing questions around like visibility. Like, how can I do this in a way that feels good and true and authentic to me and nourishes the thing that I'm trying to create? And this question around... Um, is this new, I don't know what label you would put on, but but the label I'm putting on is like creative direction. You know, is that the thing or is that a part of the larger ecosystem of my business? I think it's easy. It's like when you first get into a relationship and you're like so excited, Yes. you know? And so I'm trying to be like, cool. I mean, I really only have one serious boyfriend. So like, and he's my husband. So I'm trying to be like, okay, like just are we excited? really excited or is this your ADD kicking in or like what are we doing and so I I am trying to be like you know just watch it and maybe it's okay to like step into it slowly which is not how I like to roll um but yeah there's not yeah you you put that beautifully those are exactly sort of the the middle parts and all of those feel very related to like you know who I am in the world and my identity and that which I think is something that like I'd like to package neatly you know of course Um, Yeah. Yeah. And I, by the way, like just to normalize or humanize it, I can think of six other entrepreneurs I know right now who are asking similar questions of themselves as they're moving through a business transition of sorts. What do you want others to know who may be going through any one or all of these transitions that we walked through today? What would you want them to know? So I guess from a business perspective, especially I've been doing something for like a long time, I think that if I had to think about the two things that I like put into place that like supported me to this decision and not to just like, just making a choice of like walking away or whatever, which I don't think it's necessarily wrong to walk away from your business. Like that is a perfectly valid thing. And I feel like there's too much get up and keep trying. And so I would say that if you have the urge to do that, just consider or like ask, I would ask myself sooner, but if it comes up, like, is this a problem that's going to follow me? to whatever I think, like to whatever I think the right next choice is, which for me, yes, it was. And what things do I need to put in place in my life for support to have the space to do this, which I know you've talked about, but I just didn't think about the fact that I would probably, like my husband gave me this gift of saying like, take the time, but I don't know that I would have known to ask for it. Like I just wouldn't have known that you need someone to help you have space to rest to your point, who knows how to rest? Yeah. Yeah. But just to, to, if you've been doing something for a long time to just consider that if you want to jump ship, I probably have all things in life um, to just sort of wonder what, 
what you think the other thing is going to give you, you don't have now. And then wonder, but is there a way to make this work? You know, I mean, I don't know if that's the, if that answers your question, but I guess. It does. It does. Those are beautiful questions to consider. I was thinking, damn, I want to write these down and journal on these myself later. (laughs) They're great questions to sit with. And last, real last question. What do you sense or know now is the most important thing to you at this new point in your life? To be honest about who I want to be. Mm. And that I really am going to have to do that first with myself because again, I have a real attachment to the struggle mentality. Um, And I'm also 41, which I think is something of like, I just don't really, it's not that I don't care what other people think. I think that's a lie when people say that, even as they age, it's that it's not my first, it's not the first thing I run my questions, my life through. Yeah. Yeah. I loved what you said though. Be honest, be honest about who you really want to be first and foremost. Yeah. Even if like, it's not the person or it's not the identity, not, not like in a duplicitous way, but that you've been like particularly like selling or, you know. Yeah. Oh, this is so good. Thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you for chatting with me (laughs) and letting me realize how bad I am at rest chanting. (laughs) When you start your online course about rest, I will be the first person to sign up. (laughs) If only, if only. Well, it was a pleasure and a delight. Um, And we'll chat soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Shannon. Well, there you have it, folks. Here's the three things I'm taking away from this episode. First, move at the rate of what is happening. That might be fast and all at once. That might be slow. When we resist the rate, it creates so much suffering. Nicole went with the rate of what was happening. New city, changing up her business, and a fertilized embryo all wanted to happen at once. After six years of patiently waiting and trying to become a parent. Second, let's reevaluate our definitions of success. Or, as Nicole framed it at the very end, let's be honest about who you really want to be. Man, that question still is just sitting with me and ringing in my ear. Who do I really want to be? What do I say is a good day? And does that actually align with what my body says is a good day? Third, allowance. This was a theme over and over again in her interview. She literally says this word multiple times, how she finally allowed herself to experiment, allowed herself to rest, to not be so serious, to be more creative again. She allowed herself to admit certain things that she wanted and didn't want anymore. And then the path appeared. What do you want to allow for more of in your life? Now for a sneak peek. Next week, I'm sharing my interview with Caitlin. Caitlin went from being a nine to five corporate career queen as an urban planner to now working for herself as a yoga and wellness teacher and guide. Last but not least, if you think this episode might resonate with a friend, please do share it with them. And if you like my energy, I'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast, connect with me on Instagram, or learn more about my work at shannonshotler.com. Until next time, go forth into your very own messy middles with courage and compassion.